What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. Hey, John Lim here. We've got a great, great episode. I'm so excited. We've got Goldie Chan, whose mission is best described as social media with a purpose. She's a top LinkedIn video creator, WeWork Global Ambassador, producer at the Producers Guild, and as she describes on her Twitter bio, an always curious nerd. I love it. I think I fall into (laughs) the same category. How are you today, Goldie? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic as well. It's an honor to have you on the show. And I've got to give a big shout out to our mutual friend, Winnie Sun, who connected us. And uh, you were uh, actually one of the, the hosts of the Winnie Sun tweet chat not that long ago. And I learned so much from you. And I'm really excited to have you come on and share some great wisdom on LinkedIn, but also to tell a little bit of your story. Yeah, I'm very excited to tell a little bit about how I've grown my audience on LinkedIn, and then also just where I've come from to get to this point (laughs) of growing my audience on LinkedIn. I am so curious. (laughs) By the way, I've got to ask you, hashtag silence. Are you a Battlestar Galactica fan? Yes, absolutely. So my, <laughs> so my, um, my Instagram handle is Goldie Cylon, which ah. is funny because people think that that's actually my last name. It is not. My last name is Chan. Um, and Cylon is definitely a Battlestar Galactica reference. Yes. Well, I, I'm friends with Doug Drexler, who actually worked on the show, and I had him on the podcast a few times. So he did all the amazing visual effects for the show. So I'll definitely have to let great. him know that you're a big fan. So <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, Goldie, I, you have such an interesting background and you do so many amazing things. So tell us a little bit about your story. And I'd love for you to share with our listeners a little bit about what your purpose is, what your big why is. Great. So I started in social media marketing Mm -hmm. a while back. So about 10 years ago, I jumped into social media marketing. And that was because I actually had to go even further back, my first big failure. Oh, wow. (laughs) So right out of college, I was already a published geneticist, but Mm -hmm. I decided I didn't want to do biology. So I went into fashion. And when I Yes. When I went into fashion, I did fashion for about two years. And then my line was, there was a big box store. They were very excited about my line. They wanted me to ramp up production. I tried to find a business partner. I couldn't find the right business partner, Mm. which happens. Also, I think that had that happened now, I I would have done a much more intelligent search for a business partner. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, I folded up shop and then I, you know, I sat at home, I played video games, I watched a lot of HGTV and a lot of Law and Order SVU. And I think Galactica uh, was kind of at its early stage or early season. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was watching some Battlestar Galactica too. Um, and then, you know, then the friend intervention, as I call it, happened. So my friends got together and were like, hey, you need to have a real job. (laughs) So that's how I got started in social media marketing is because my friends were like, get a job. And I was like, what, what can I do if I don't want to go back into biology? But, you know, I have very good organizational skills. I'm a very fast learner. And I got started in marketing. And this is essentially what happened throughout my career. I was always the youngest person on the team. Mm -hmm. So 
I always got assigned to do social media because the older members on the team were more familiar with traditional digital marketing or just regular marketing. Uh, So I ended up just handling social media for these big, big companies and startups that I was working for and learned social media trial by fire. <laughs> wow. So uh, did you know, I mean, when you had that friend intervention, and I love that, I love that term. Did we you all ha- have had friend interventions oh, at some I, point I've in I've had life. quite a few myself. <laughs> did you know that at that point that social media marketing was what you wanted to go into? How did you kind of figure out your pathway into that as your next step? I had no idea. It would be really amazing if I said I absolutely knew what I was going yeah. to do next. No, I had no idea. I just was looking for a job. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) this job came up in marketing and a friend of a friend forwarded it to me. And I was like, great, I'm just going to apply for this and we'll just see what happens. And I got started in social media marketing. And then I thought, this is so fun. I get paid to be on Facebook. <laughs> now, <laughs> Which had, is had you been on Facebook before? I mean, did you jump on early? Where were you? I mean, was this kind of a, a, a big yeah, immersion was, for you? I was pretty early. So I went to Stanford. So mm-hmm. I was yep. pretty early adopter of Facebook. I just didn't necessarily think uh, that Facebook would be the beast that it is today. And back then, it was not this at all, right? You're setting up a company page, you have a presence, but it's not at all as textured and with so many levels as Facebook is today. And in fact, was it still on the URL, thefacebook.com? I believe it was. I believe it was. So (laughs) (laughs) it's funny to look back on those days and think, wow, you know, we've gone so far. We have so many new social media platforms that have arisen since then or come into dominance. So it's been so interesting to track all of these things as they've been happening and, you know, not to give away my age, but I was at a conference, a community manager conference, as I was doing a lot of community management at the time as well. Mm -hmm. And these two engineers pull out a giant sticky pad, white sticky pad, and they start drawing these at symbols and then a name and then these two dots. And then they're like, this is what we're going to call Twitter. (laughs) So... We're all standing there watching them do this. And I turned to my friend and I'm like, this is never going to take off. This is a terrible idea. And then we, (laughs) and then we look at Twitter today and it's so interesting because people wanted a shorthand version of Facebook where they could interact quickly with others. And at the time I was like, well, how is this different than, how is this really different than Facebook, right? Wouldn't you want more long form ways of communicating with each other um, that are threaded and I guess the answer to that was no. <laughs> so it's been really fun to see the evolution of everything. Obviously, also Instagram coming yes. into prominence has been incredibly fascinating. Yeah. And, and, and one great. of the things I would love for you to share with our listeners. So, uh, you know, before we get to your, your big why, I would love for you to talk a little bit about LinkedIn because I think LinkedIn has become so powerful and it, it is such a versatile tool. And I, I feel like a lot of people are still not using it to its full capacity. So uh, talk about uh, just really, really grabbing the reins and, and just seeing the full potential of LinkedIn. So I've been working with clients on LinkedIn for years now. Mm-hmm. So I've been helping C-level executives at Fortune 500 companies with their personal rebrands. And obviously, part of that is going to be LinkedIn. Yes. Because LinkedIn, as it's traditionally known, is a resume platform. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's a resume and networking 
platform. Yeah, I, I say, right? Goldie, I, I, and I had Deirdre <laughs> on a, uh, not that long ago, and I said to her, oh, lovely. Uh, I used to be what I call a LinkedIn lurker. I would just hop on <laughs> once a week just to see what everyone else was doing and just to see what job postings are. Yes, yeah. and we've all been there, right? Yeah. I've, I've gotten jobs off of LinkedIn. I'm sure a lot of other people have also gotten jobs and recommendations and um, new, new people to add to your network and all these other beautiful things off of LinkedIn. LinkedIn's latest evolution that I want to say started about two or three years ago was they started to push written content. Mm -hmm. So about three or so years ago, they started pushing Pulse really heavily. They started encouraging writers to get on the platform and write long form content on LinkedIn. That was very different than a status message just saying, I got a new job. Right. Right. (laughs) Or I'm looking for a new job or this is happening at my job. So they were encouraging interesting thought leadership style pieces of content on LinkedIn. And then of course, about a year ago, and I can say this because I hosted the LinkedIn video one year anniversary, about a year ago, they released video. Yeah. Yeah. And that has been for me personally, truly a game changer. And I think it has started to be a game changer for some brands. Um, I was talking with a colleague of mine who works at Forbes and she helps manage Forbes LinkedIn page and does video content for them. And she said with video content, the number of followers to their pers- their brand page has been skyrocketing. Oh, I believe it. So, <laughs> so it's been, you know, and th- this is native video for the Forbes LinkedIn page that has been created especially for LinkedIn. So this is not content that they're repurposing for other places. And if you think about that, that blows the mind, right? Because Forbes creates content that is really for their editorial channels. And LinkedIn has now become a blend of the two, both editorial, but also social media. I love it. And and Goldie, that actually leads me into to my next question. So I want you to share and unpack with our listeners a little bit about your big why. Social media with purpose. I absolutely love that. And I'd like you to share with our listeners exactly what that means to you. Great. So obviously I do social media for a living. I eat, breathe, drink. I don't even know. (laughs) Social media, I've my entire career, even when I've stepped away from social media and I'm a producer in the Producers Guild, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I do branded content all, every single aspect of my life has been touched by social media. So for me, social media is not just my career. It has deeply impacted my life. It has led to beautiful friendships, amazing networking opportunities. Um, I recently was, (laughs) I recently was in London through the mayor of London's office representing the U S in their tech week. And that's because of social media. So Oh my gosh. I mean when you were a biology major back at Stanford, did you ever picture <laughs> that you would ever be doing anything like this? No, I you know what I have to say that at, at nineteen twenty I didn't know what I was <laughs> what I was going to do in life. So for all the younger listeners out there, if you don't quite frankly all the older listeners out there, if you are not sure what you are doing now or next it's completely fine because I believe that we actually do have several careers in our life. Even if 
they're maybe very closely related to each other. Yeah. Right? Or even if they're not, I mean, biology, fashion to social media. I mean, I could see the connection yes. between uh, fashion and social media, but the biology, wow, I, I, I love it. So Goldie, yeah. I, as someone who lives and breathes social media, it, it's part of your DNA. What would you say is the biggest challenge that you face these days? Oh, goodness. Everything changes incredibly quickly all mm. the time. So yeah. new platforms pop up all the time. Like I gave that example of hearing about Twitter for the first time and not believing in it. And then look, here's Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ten years later, or sorry, five five or so, seven years later. Has it only uh, been seven? I, I, Twitter's I don't one even of those platforms. know. It's, it's really hard for me to kind of wrap my mind around exactly how long it's been around. How long, it feels like forever, but it's actually not forever at all. Yeah. Um, so I think the toughest part about social media is being agile. And this is what I help companies with in my agency is helping bigger companies figure out, okay, how do you, how are you still appropriate? Right. Cause it's yeah. different than a personal brand. How are you still appropriate, but remain agile? So remain open to trying new things that have to go through five levels of approval. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, is always tough. So how do you, how are you going to be a maverick with five levels of approval? And I think that is the biggest challenge with social media and with specifically B2, big B2B and B2C. Now for personal brands, social media, there's so much opportunity because you don't have that as much. Right. You can just jump in and try a bunch of things, try a bunch of platforms. I also always think, which platform are you investing the most energy mm, in? Yeah. And, and I think that's incredibly important to think about, okay, I am going to spend all of my time really building a presence on Instagram or on LinkedIn or on Twitter, on Facebook, et cetera. So that way I'm not wasting my time by divvying up my resources so thinly. And a lot of people, that's their number one mistake is that they try to jump in and be present, omnipresent across all platforms all at once and incredibly uh, and, and do it really deeply on each platform. And for it. what it's worth, I only know one one of my friends slash colleagues who does that well um <laughs> and and he has a team so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know and there's quite a few other people who do it well but they all have teams and if yeah. it's just you and you're you're thinking about building your personal brand it's really good to start with just one platform really try to get deeply involved in that platform and then once you're established, then you can move on and develop other platforms. Yeah, I actually, and that actually leads me into my next question. So a, a challenge you talked about, it's something that I had really uh, come across when I was back in my corporate days, back uh, working in a Fortune 500 company, was the, the five levels of approval to, to get a tweet <laughs> out or to share a post. In fact, you know, I share I'll, this with people who don't, who've never worked in corporate and they laugh and they're yeah, like, that's yeah, not true. It, it, and I'm it, like, sometimes it's more than five. I'm just throwing yeah, that out. Oh my <laughs> gosh. And, and I remember we had a meeting where the, the marketing team would say, hey, you're allowed to have a Twitter or Facebook account, but everything you post has got to get approved if it's company specific. So a lot of us just didn't even bother. So it, talking about that specific challenge, what are some of the ways that you work with big companies to help them navigate this so that they can be a little bit more fluid and more organic? So I think it's always good to have strategy in place. And 
people say, well, that's obvious. <laughs> it's not always obvious to large companies to think strategy first because they're diving into what content can you create mm -hmm. first. And that makes me always incredibly nervous when a large company comes to me and they say, you're so great at video. Can we just jump in and can we just make start making some videos? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, let's, nope, no, <laughs> let's stop and think, why are we making these mm. videos? So the yeah. videos are optimized for that goal. Because if you're creating content without a goal, that's no good. But how you go from that to actually making it really forward thinking is you then go, okay, so now that we have our big overarching goal, then we can make really interesting different pieces of content around that goal. So everyone is on the same page because we all know this is going towards one, quite frankly, boring <laughs> or standard metric goal. Uh, but then we can make the pieces, the tactics around that goal more interesting. Yeah, I, I love it. And I, I, I love that you start before before jumping onto the camera, before turning on record, just starting with the strategy and starting with the why. I think that's really, really sound advice. And also for uh, anyone who is uh, just working on a personal brand, I think it's good to have that perspective as you're building out your social media presence. Well, really great shares. Goldie, are you ready for the Knowledge Burst session? Yes. <laughs> All right. It's excited to have you. I'm tweaking it just a little bit, and I really want to dig a little bit into LinkedIn. So what yes. would you say is the biggest mistake you see on LinkedIn when it comes to networking? And share with our listeners a better way to approach building relationships on LinkedIn. This is the easiest question to answer. There are two common mistakes. One is bragging and one is selling. <laughs> and let's start with the obvious one first, selling. So when you jump onto LinkedIn, of course, LinkedIn is essentially a sales platform. You're putting your resume out there and either you are, this sounds unflattering, selling yourself mm -hmm. or you are selling the business or product that you're trying to get out there into the universe. However, there are better ways to sell and that is brand awareness. Mm -hmm. So instead of doing necessarily a direct sale from your LinkedIn profile or brand page, et cetera, unless it's a new product launch, it's always better to just ramp up with brand awareness. So your followers, your clients, et cetera, your customer base are really used to hearing about you. Just talk about the interesting things your brands are doing without selling them directly. So that's one. The second thing is bragging. Now, I completely get it. When something great happens, we want to share that with our network, and you absolutely should there is, however, <laughs> a fine line between sharing something amazing and beautiful, like, for example, becoming CEO of a company versus simply bragging, oh, I went on this beautiful, you know, five beautiful vacations and I own these 12 cars and things like that. Because that kind of bragging, that kind of uh, affirmation of yourself is irrelevant to me at least, yeah. on LinkedIn. Yeah. And I don't think that that actually helps people know who you are or what your career goals are because they just see bragging about items or things that are irrelevant to your career goals. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think those are two really, really great shares. So, And I, I love how you're... you're talking about the both both sides of it just kind of the selling and one thing i've noticed recently is i get a lot of linkedin invitations from uh from 
uh, podcast promoters or podcast PR agencies. And the first thing they'll do is send me a direct message with a straight out sales pitch. And to me, it's a big turnoff. So I'm really glad you're sharing this tip on, uh, on LinkedIn. And I actually have a follow-up question. So how do you feel? And I, I see this sometimes on LinkedIn, and I'm not quite sure what to make of it. When someone is sharing something that's maybe a little bit more, like you said, sharing vacation photos or sharing more of maybe their personal side on LinkedIn, what is your kind of feel and take on that? To be totally strategic, <laughs> I think it's fine if there is some way in which it ties back into what you do. For example, I worked with a luxury real estate CEO, mm-hmm. and so she would share really beautiful images of luxury locations that she was scouting and going to and things like that, that is fine because it fits within her luxury brand. And she's also showing, look, I not only rep all of this beautiful luxury real estate, but I go to luxurious locations. I have great taste. Yeah. So that's different. And obviously, for example, if you work in the automotive industry and you're always showing beautiful cars that you own or things like that, that once again, that makes sense because it still drives people back to thinking about you and your career. Mm. I think when it's completely irrelevant, when it tends to be more on the side of here's me and my, my kids and we're just at the beach today, I think those posts are fine every once in a while and it's totally fine to share that information. However, it does dilute your personal brand, right? Yeah. It does dilute people from knowing what it is that you do. And it does dilute the strength of people taking you more seriously. That being said, I do videos, <laughs> you know, every once in a while where I'm just having fun and I'm mm-hmm, visiting yeah. a cool location. And I'm taking people along. But that's also because one of my goals for my channel is to show people, look how much I travel. Yeah. So that always ties back to the fact that I travel and I go to really interesting places all the time. So for me, that still does fit within an understandable bucket. And I think, I think that that's one thing you just need to be careful of. Also, I just personally, people posting tons of content about their children makes me just personally incredibly nervous as I've worked with teen and youth sites before (laughs) and just (laughs) online safety in general to me. Yeah. Always be safe. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, I very, very great, great shares. Goldie share a tip for making the most out of LinkedIn video content, especially for someone who hasn't yet made that leap into sharing video content. Great. So, well, first of all, I have a great LinkedIn course through LinkedIn Learning. So if you have LinkedIn Premium, you can watch it for free. So awesome. please go go look it up and check it out. It's actionable tips um, that are very fun. But the first thing you want to do is figure out what is it that you want to say in this video and maybe several of your videos, right? Mm -hmm. So if you were to make a series of videos, what is the one takeaway that you want everyone to know? Do you want them to know that you're a travel vlogger? So you go to really exotic, glorious places. Do you want people to know that you are an amazing mechanical engineer and you're solving these really intricate problems or are you whatever X, Y, Z is, right? And I think it is still LinkedIn. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's still, you know, I can't emphasize this enough. It's still good to bring in what it is that you want to do for a living. And I have to say that there's a really fascinating trend <laughs> on LinkedIn video that you'll notice, which is people are now creating videos on the platform that are 
much more vlog style. Yes, yes, I've and they're that. much more personal. However, I believe that this is a little bit of the early YouTube idea, right? So in early YouTube, people did a lot of vlogs, they did a lot of shaky videos. And this is because these are oftentimes first time creators. And this is the first time they're ever making videos. So obviously, vlog is the easiest kind of content to make. Mm -hmm. And the point I was going to make with that is it's very easy to jump on and make videos now, while the product is still very nascent. So while the product is still developing into something older, you can jump on, you can create a vlog, it's super easy to do and then create content, hopefully more around what it is that you want to be known for. And I always tell people, please keep it at a minute or less when uh, you start. Yeah. Because there's really long form videos that are happening right now that are vlogs. And I think those are great and they're watchable for now. Right. They're watchable right. for now while the product is very new. However, that might change very quickly. And if that changes, then you want to be really careful about time and also the message that you're sending in each video okay. and make sure that's one and very clear. <laughs> that's a great, great, great share and some really, really great insights for our listeners. Goldie, share one small step or choice you're making today to move forward. Oh, my goodness. So one small step or choice I am choosing today to move forward is I am... <laughs> being better about cleaning out my inbox. <laughs> Just my across, across all platforms, quite frankly, I have a little bit of a backlog on every single one of my social media channels. Uh, and, occupational and my, hazard, you know, well, I bet. Occupational hazard. But I like to look through... I have an assistant, of course, but I like to look through most of the things that I receive just to make sure that if there is anything important that at the very minimum because I think this is just a really nice thing to do, I respond back and say, I don't have time to give you a longer response right now, but I want you to know that I've read this oh, yeah, and that I'm great thinking tip. about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, because I think we forget to do this. And I know I always appreciate it when somebody says that, when they're just like, hey, I can't respond now, but I will respond to you in two days when I have more time. So I know that they haven't just disappeared off the face of the planet. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Goldie, ready to do a little time travel? Absolutely. All right, so we're going to step into our sci-fi machine. We're going to set the date for five years from today. Tell me who Goldie is in 2023. Oh, my goodness. I've been asked this question quite a bit recently and in, and in interviews. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my deep and underlying passions that I try to promote through all of the content and all the work that I do is promoting people of color mm. and women who are not spotlighted as much as they should be because it is, it is just not that world right now, especially in the United States. So one of the things that I hope to be doing more of and I'm working on right now is to have more content out there and to be partnering with really big brands to push more content that's positive and uplifting for women and people of color and also bringing in new voices that don't have that platform yet 
so they are also heard. I love it. What a great mission. Now I'm going to ask a bonus question. So where do you think social media will be in five years? I think we'll all have it implanted in our heads. <laughs> Cybernetics, the next step. Cybernetics right? is next step. You know, I'm always, I just always think, it's funny because live streaming is not new in any shape or form, right? right? We've had live streaming in different iterations for a while now. I just keep going back, though, to live documentation, real-time documentation mm. of your day or your activities. And I feel like there will be something on the horizon that is truly documenting your your every step in a very creepy way, uh, <laughs> <laughs> documenting your movements, documenting your your career, et cetera, in real time, in a way that we can all share in real time. This is exactly who I am in this moment of time, in time. And I think that is, I don't know what that technology is, but I think that there's going to be something. Well, we need to start the server space on the moon, I think, probably for that. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's great, great insights. Well, Goldie, how can our listeners connect with you and learn about all the fantastic work that you're doing? Great. So you can always find me on LinkedIn. I'm at linkedin.com slash in slash Goldie. <laughs> you can also find me at Twitter at Goldie Chan, C-H-A-N, on Instagram at Goldie Cylon. <laughs> and if you are on Facebook, I, I'm already sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at max capacity. Is that the, uh, is that the deal? <laughs> not not yes, a surprise. But you, can, you can find my, my fan page also at awesome. Goldie Cylon and feel free to follow me there. <laughs> awesome. We'll have all of that on the write-up. Goldie, close out the show for us. What parting wisdom would you like to share with our Moving Forward listeners? I think the hardest part about moving forward is letting go. So I think the best thing that you can do to move forward is to understand that we are in this beautiful, unprecedented moment in time that's now. And to move forward, you just need to take that first step. I love it. What a beautiful, beautiful way to close out the show. Goldie, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your super busy schedule to join us today to share your story. I learned a lot about you today and some great knowledge bursts on making the most of social media and LinkedIn so our listeners can move forward. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sean. And Moving Forward listeners, one more time, check it out, bemovingforward.com. You can follow us on social at bemovingforward, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Have a great week. And remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.